Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hi, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Toward Light Podcast. This week I'm going to be talking about how to bring embodied mindfulness into our days. How do we not stay stuck in our heads or in our fears or anxieties? How do we pay attention? How do we get here? How do we stay here and not get lost in the future or the past? Recently, I've been talking to friends who have deep, deep practices, lots of tools, and even they are saying, oh my gosh, it's so hard to stay in my body. It's something I'm noticing a lot about how much I'm getting caught in worry about this pandemic, worry about the future, worried about what's next. And so today I really want to highlight tools that we can use to not do so much of that, to to stay in the present moment, whatever we're doing. I'm going to be talking about mindfulness, and that's a word that's used a lot, but I think it's really important for me to define what mindfulness means to me. It's talked about in so many different ways, and it's become prevalent in this culture, but it's not always clear exactly what mindfulness means. There are many working definitions. Mine is definitely a working definition. I change it from time to time. But for today, when I'm talking about mindfulness, I'm talking about embodied non-judgmental awareness of the present moment experience. So embodied in the body, being connected to the experience in a felt way, not just thinking about not being lost in head, but feeling whatever you're doing, feeling that experience. Non-judgmental, accepting what is, not thinking whatever is arising is good or bad, simply noticing. Awareness, awake to, or clearly seeing, not asleep. Present moment, right now. Experience, whatever is happening, whatever it is, it's all included. So today I'm talking about this embodied, non-judgmental awareness of present moment experience throughout our day within all of our activities. The teaching I'm going to refer to comes from the Satipatthana Sutta, and this is the four foundations of mindfulness, or the four establishments of mindfulness. It's a comprehensive teaching about how to do mindfulness practice. There are four areas that we can place our attention. The first foundation is mindfulness of the body. The second foundation is mindfulness of feeling tone. The third foundation is mindfulness of mind, and the fourth foundation is mindfulness of dhamma or experiences. Today I'm going to highlight this first foundation, this mindfulness of the body, and there are different practices recommended in there that we can use to train our attention on the body. And there are breath, postures, daily activities, anatomical parts, four elements, corpse meditation. I talked about the four elements in episode two. 
and I'm sure I'll be talking about other of these because they're all very useful gateways into connecting with our body and bringing awareness. But today I'm going to talk specifically about this mindfulness of daily activities. Before I read the sutta, I do just want to name that sometimes leaving the body, dissociating in some way, not being embodied, not being connected to the body can be a trauma response. There's also just a cultural piece of that we highlight mental activity over bodily activity. So it's hard to be in the body sometimes and just know that that's okay. And that there are all these doors within this teaching to connect with the body. So even in the piece of the Satipatthana Sutta that I'm going to talk about today, there are a lot of avenues to connect in. But if none of those resonate, that's okay. There are all these other options. I'm going to read from the teaching and then I'll highlight some of the activities. One of the reasons that I feel it's important to read from these teachings is that it feels important to share the roots of what I'm speaking about, that it's not just kind of coming out of my butt. It's coming from a 2,600-year-old tradition. And the way that these suttas are presented and written, they can sometimes feel very daunting or not accessible. And so I hope that by reading some of this, it can feel a little bit more accessible or easy to digest. In the Satipatthana Sutta, this section on daily activities, it said, How does one know the body? When going forward and returning, one acts clearly knowing. When looking ahead and away, one acts clearly knowing. When flexing and extending the limbs, one acts clearly knowing. When wearing robes and carrying out a robe and bowl, one acts clearly knowing. When eating, drinking, consuming food, and tasting, one acts clearly knowing. When defecating and urinating, one acts clearly knowing. When walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and keeping silent, one acts clearly knowing. So whatever we're doing, we can bring mindfulness, we can bring this embodied, non-judgmental awareness to the experience. I'm going to highlight some of the things that have been listed. Looking ahead and looking away. So often we are on autopilot with what's happening with our gaze. We so often just look forward without paying attention to what we're doing. And so can we bring awareness? One time I really noticed this is when I'm driving in the car with my partner and we point out things to one another at the same time and our gaze is in two very different places just based on our interest. So I might be looking at this pink flower over here and he's looking at that cool car over there or whatever the thing is. But so often... I don't realize that my gaze, that where I'm looking, is intentional until I have this comparison. So looking ahead and looking away, when do we turn away from things? I remember the first time that I saw this so, so clearly. 
I was cleaning my patio and I had to pick up a dead bird that had died on my front step. And my face was turning away. I was not intentionally doing this, but I was looking away. I didn't want to see. And I was able to be mindful of that and train my attention back to what I was doing. That's an extreme example, but there are many times when we look away from things, we don't want to see the homeless person on the corner or the extra trash on the beach or whatever the thing might be. So we can bring our awareness to where we're placing our attention, what's happening with our gaze. The next activity I'm going to highlight is flexing and extending the limbs. We do this so much throughout the day. Often on retreat, one of my teachers, Greg Scharf, will talk about bringing mindfulness to the activity of reaching. How often we're reaching for a door, for a utensil, for our shoes, and just noticing throughout the day, turning on the faucet, taking our coat off the hook, whatever the thing might be, so much of our day is spent reaching, flexing and extending the limbs. When I'm talking about reaching, that's just the arms. What about with the legs? We can choose to bring our attention here. And maybe it's something where we choose, okay, when I'm in the kitchen cooking lunch, I'm going to pay attention to all the times I reach. Opening the fridge, turning on the faucet, turning on the stove, moving the skillet, whatever the thing is. But we can bring awareness to this. We can pay attention. Another activity that's mentioned that I think is so important and I know is so hard for me is eating. Is how often do we mindlessly eat or eat while we're doing something else or eat standing up or whatever the thing may be? What are your patterns around eating that allow you to be mindless? And what are ways that when you do bring attention, you can have a different experience? For me, I'm really consistent on retreat of putting my fork down after every bite. But at home, I mean, even this morning, I just like shoveled my eggs in my face. I feel like I didn't even notice what I was eating. So how can we slow it down a little bit? How can we bring attention to this thing that we do multiple times a day? And in the sutta, it talks, you know, about eating, drinking, consuming food and and tasting. And so of that process you know, what do you notice? Do you notice the chew? Do you notice the taste? Do you notice the first hit of taste, but then kind of check out? Do you stop eating past the point of satiation? For me, even part of it is the mindfulness beforehand of preparing the food and how much did I make? And sometimes I make way too much food because I'm not being mindful of what my system actually needs. I'm getting caught in craving. Another activity that I really like that's mentioned in here is talking and keeping silent. Where is your embodied non-judgmental awareness around the impulse to speak? Can you feel it? Can you feel your mouth open? Can you feel your breath arise so that you can share something? Do you ever have the sensation of wanting to say something, 
but knowing it's not the right moment and not? Or what about when you're in a conversation maybe with a group of people and your voice isn't heard or you're not able to speak? What can you notice in those moments? Bringing mindfulness to talking and keeping silent allows us to create more harmony in our world because we start to be more careful about what and how we say things. One of the reasons that I really enjoy bringing mindfulness to these daily activities is that right now, sometimes meditating feels really hard. I'm still doing it every day, but I notice that it feels quite challenging to sit with what is. But bringing awareness to my arms moving as I cook feels more accessible, feels approachable. Paying attention to my eating or what I'm looking at just feels a little bit more accessible. Doesn't mean I'm giving up my formal practice. It means I'm finding ways to enhance it. 2,600 years ago, this was the list of activities for monastics. The Buddha was primarily teaching to monastics. So I want to talk about a few other activities that maybe weren't included here, but I find a real richness in bringing mindfulness to. So I'm going to talk about scrolling on the phone. I'm going to talk about buying things, and I'm going to talk about taking a shower. When I'm scrolling on my phone, I'm pretty in my head. I'm not very much in my body. And so some ways that I can connect into my body is I can pay attention to the hand that's holding the phone and the other hand. I can really feel the sensations in the hand, in the finger. I can have a plan of, okay, I'm going to look at four posts and then I need to look up and notice three things in my environment before I look back down. These apps that we have right now are designed to keep our attention and to keep us not awake, to keep us zoned out, to keep us a little bit asleep. And so it's important for us to figure out ways to wake up, even if we're choosing to use those things. I love Instagram. But I need to be really, really careful about how much time I spend on it, what I'm following, what I'm looking at, and when I'm on it, how lost am I in it? Or can I still engage in my life? Shopping or buying something, this is another place where we can bring mindfulness. I was reflecting that I bought a pair of earrings. I was at a store with a friend the earrings were pretty. I didn't know how much they were. I said I would buy them. The price was more than I wanted. I bought them anyway because I was lost in the moment. I wasn't in my body. I was with my friend and we were so excited about how pretty the earrings were and the girls at the store were so fun. And, and so I ended up not making a wise choice. And I don't I mean, it's not a huge regret, like I could afford the earrings, but every time that I pick them up now, I'm like, ooh, better wear these more, <laughs> better make them worth it. This is a good reflection for us when we're, especially now, many of us are doing shopping online, is when we're looking to buy things, are you in your body? Are you 
witnessing this craving that's happening? And are you able to kind of wisely assess, is this really something I need or not? Or is this the right time to get it? Or is this the right place to get it from? There are a lot of reflections we can have when we're purchasing and noticing when you want to buy things, bringing mindfulness to shopping. And the final one I want to talk about is mindfulness of taking a shower. One of my teachers, Brian, talks about this on retreat a lot about how for him, the shower is just a place where he might have continuity of mindfulness throughout his day. He might be bringing mindfulness to his practice and to the activities he's doing in between practices, but he gets in the shower and his mind just kind of checks out and starts thinking about whatever. And I can very much relate to that. And it's fascinating because the shower is actually an amazing place for us to do an embodiment practice, for us to really, we're touching our body, we're cleaning our body, we're checking in with our body. And so how can we stay with that? How can we be with ourselves and bring mindfulness to the activity of taking a shower? I want to share this Dave Eggers piece that he wrote in 2011. It was limited edition printed on a shower curtain. And it's such a beautiful meditation, I find. I am your shower curtain, and I am watching you. I surround you. I shield you, and I like you. I like to see the water touch you, travel down upon you, searching, falling away from you. I like to see you lather. I like to see you rinse. I like to see you thinking your thoughts with your eyes closed. I do not like to hear you hum. I do not like to hear you sing. I like you quiet. I like you thinking, silently, your lips moving, your eyes closed tight. I like your fingers, your wrists, your toes. I like your shins, your knees. I like the way the water funnels between your legs and cascades down, turning in corkscrews. I like it when you like yourself. When you give a moment to your thighs. When you give a moment to the back of your neck or the inner fold of your arm, take a moment. Give yourself time. Take the soap and make circles on your flesh. Make slow circles on your flesh. Make long elliptical shapes upon your beautiful flesh. Your beautiful flesh today. Tomorrow, your flesh will be different. It will be older. Appreciate it now. Your flesh is a miracle. You started from nothing, from an egg too small to see. Then a relentless multiplica multiplication of cells, each one a miracle, each one a preposterous happening. And from this ridiculous profusion, now you are you. You are a giant. You are a giant and water is falling upon you and you are cleaning yourself because you are beautiful. Please don't think about anything else. I know I said I like to see you think, but that, I realize now, is not true. I don't want to see you think. I only want the elliptical touching of your flesh, 
Throw your mind away and enjoy your wet flesh, thrill in your existence. Your persistence, the fact that you can be here under this falling water, this as much as any other reason is why you are here, why you exist. To enjoy this, to feel this, it is good enough. It is good enough to justify everything else. So next time you're in the shower, can you take a moment with your flesh, with your thighs, with your neck? Any time that we're bringing mindfulness, this embodied, non-judgmental awareness of our present moment experience, we're showing ourselves a level of deep love and care. We're caring about what's happening. We're caring about our experience So whatever you're doing throughout your day, can you bring some of this embodiment to it? And maybe this was a lot of ideas. Pick one. Pick one thing. Maybe say, okay, at breakfast, I'm going to pay attention to eating. Or every evening before bed, as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm going to pay attention. Or I'm going to bring mindfulness into my shower. Whatever it is. Find ways to connect and show yourself how deeply you care. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.